Have you ever wondered how you can take something that you've struggled with and is also a passion and turn it into a coaching business that is successful, that you love, and that you enjoy? Well, stay tuned because in this episode, I'm speaking with Lisa Salisbury, and she is a health and wellness coach. Welcome to the Niche Podcast, where we talk about everything related to your niche. It's all about your niche, your mindset, and having a business you love. I'm your host, mental health expert, Veronique Valencourt. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Profitable Niche Podcast. And I am really excited to have Lisa here today to talk to you about her niche journey and how she decided to become a health and weight loss coach. Lisa and I have been colleagues and cross paths in several masterminds and courses before, and I am just super fond of her and I am so glad you're here, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So first question, tell me what your niche is and who you work with. My niche is health and weight loss coaching, but I specifically want to work with women who have obsessively dieted in the past. I know that's like, oh, that's everybody. Everybody, everyone has tried to lose weight in the past, but I love helping women who think that the only way to lose weight is to weigh and track and measure their food, enter it into their diet app. And they just don't know how to function without that. If they don't have a book or an app, something telling them exactly what to eat, they feel lost and out of control. And so I really take them from that point to basically checking in with their body and not their app. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. And so you help them with both health and weight loss. So the mental and the physical, so to speak. Tell me a little bit more about that. So I have a health coaching certification through Institute for Integrative Nutrition as well as just a lifelong pursuit and passion of health. And so I am able to really dive into their food and their food journal and see what's going on with what it is they're eating. Even though we're not weighing and measuring, we do want to see what we're eating. Definitely. We want to keep track of that. Just paper and pencil is fine. And then I take my life coach school training, which is the same as yours, and really dig into the thought process. Because when I was just health coaching, I found that my clients, I would ask them like, do we need to talk more about what you're eating or why you're eating when you don't need to be eating or why you're eating when you're not hungry, basically. And without fail, they all were like, it's the why. And so I realized, okay, that's why I need to definitely dig into the thought process. And so, yeah, we really do both. How did you choose this niche? What's the story or what's the path that got you here? What was the process that led you here? And how did you figure out that this is what you wanted to do in terms of coaching? I think it's like a lot of coaches. It was my struggle. It's the thing that I went through. It's the thing that coaching really helped me with. So I was definitely a chronic dieter. Not only was I a chronic dieter, I would get my friends to do the same diet. I would be like on South Beach diet. And then I would be like, everyone has to do this. And then all my friends would start doing South Beach diet. And I feel bad that I got so many women into dieting. (laughs) 
when my fitness pal came out and I could easily log my calories, that was like a miracle. I was like, okay, good. It will tell me exactly how much I'm allowed. And I really got into that, how much I was allowed thought process. The final straw, the diet that broke the camel's back for me was macro counting. And I know it works for a lot of people and I'm not meaning to villainize any of these ways of eating if it works for you. But for me, macro counting got to be very obsessive. And I found myself on this slippery slope, really sliding down into orthorexia, which is just the obsession with eating healthy. I got obsessed with reading menus ahead of time when we would go out to eat. If they didn't have an online menu, it was very stressful to me because just the calorie count wasn't enough. I had to know the macro count and what if, how could I calculate the fat and the protein? And then I would be to the end of the day and I would have protein macros left. And so I'd stand in front of the fridge and be eating lunch meat because, well, I had to eat my protein macros. And in fact, I wasn't even hungry. I found myself also bringing my kitchen scale to the dinner table with two teenage daughters watching me weigh my food. And I was like, whoa, this is not right. This is not going well. And in my health coaching certification, I learned about orthorexia. And I certainly wasn't ever like diagnosed or anything with a therapist, but I just recognized the signs. And I felt like I need to take a step back from this. I'm definitely getting way too obsessed. And so I do like to help people. The title of my free ebook is Drop the Obsession and the Weight. Oh, that's good. <laughs> it's really good. We live in the society where it's, you're saying you felt bad about the people that you had been doing these diets with, but it's in our culture and our society. Yeah. That's just my path. That's because I recognized it in myself. And so when I went through the life coach school, I thought, you know what? Stats show that most women have been on something like 30 something diets by the time we're in our forties. It's kind of crazy. And how many times we've started over on a Monday, many women struggle. Well, and not only that, it's also accepted in the culture. Oh, first of the year. Got to get back on the horse, measuring your value based on the number on the scale or the size of your clothes or any and all of that. It's so ingrained in society. In that sense, it's a really good niche because you're helping people ditch thinking about that, I would think, and like really focus more on like the health piece of it. How do I be healthy? Like, how do I focus on the health piece and eating healthily and mindfully as well, probably? Yeah, absolutely. Which leads me to like, tell me a little bit of some of your tips and tricks in terms of the mindfulness piece that you talked about. The thought process of like eating when you're hungry versus not eating when you're hungry. How do you guide your clients through that? So I use a lot of the um, tools that you probably have spoken about on the podcast with regards to the Life Coach School. So we definitely use the model and take a look at when we have cravings for something. So anytime that we eat when we're not physically hungry, that would be considered emotional eating. So it's not always like face crying face down in a tub of ice cream. That's what we think of when we're like, oh, I'm an emotional eater. But it's anytime we have an urge to eat when we're not physically hungry. And sometimes we just make the decision that we're going to eat in those times and that's okay. It's just when you decide, okay, I think I want to move around a little bit better. I think I want to have better mobility and this extra weight is getting in the way. A lot of my clients come with energy issues. I feel like I'm just sluggish and I feel like if I could move around better and have less weight on me, I would be more energetic. And so 
weight loss is the byproduct of these other health goals. So what we do is we plug that into the model and essentially it's desire. You're thinking, I want that. It's very simple. It's, I want that, I deserve that. And sometimes this is even like cravings for seconds. You eat what you want and then you're like, that was so good, I want some more. Then it becomes, it was physical hunger, you ate and then it becomes emotional hunger because it's desire. And so I teach my clients to just understand where that's coming from. Like, oh, okay, this is desire. This is created with my brain, not with my body. And then we learn to feel the desire without responding to it. So the idea of, which is very coachy, but I'm going to say it anyway, (laughs) feeling your feelings. I'm both a therapist and a life coach, and I don't like the feeling my feelings if I have to do it. (laughs) I know it's kind of the worst, right? But cravings and urges, desire, all of that, it really is a feeling. And so when we can understand, oh, this is created by my brain and it's not a physical need, the more often that we're able to relax into it and be present with it, the more those over-desire urges will diminish, which is like magical for my clients. They come out of the end of my program and they're like, it's crazy how I think about food so much less. And it's because we've eliminated this constant pattern of over-desire. Okay, so getting back, I wanted people to understand a little bit about what you do and what your program involves. But here's the other thing I wanna ask you. If you think about your niche, Did you start out, out of the gate, this is what I want to do? Or did it evolve? Because you're twice certified, right? You're certified as the health coach and then also as the life coach. Yeah. So did you know all along, this is exactly what I'm going to do or have it evolve a little bit? Thinking back, I would say it definitely evolved. I think I started with just kind of general weight loss because when you go through the life coach school, they consider it a double certification with life coaching and weight loss coaching. And so I always kind of figured I would use that like weight loss coaching avenue more, but I definitely disagree with some of what's taught there. And I have my own path a little on some of that. So it really did evolve as I was discovering that I was getting obsessed. Once I really took that step back, and really healed from that obsession using the tools taught in the life coach school, I realized, you know, I bet there's other women who don't want to think about food so much. I bet there's other women who are on this verge. A lot of women don't know what orthorexia is, and I am not qualified to diagnose or anything like that. So we don't really talk about it, make a big mention of it in my coaching but you can see it. It's just the idea of being fairly new as far as eating disorders go, that it's just the obsession with eating healthy. Yeah. And it's huge. I mean, I don't know a ton about it. Even within therapy circles, it's kind of a newer diagnosis, but you know, it's acceptable to be doing all these things, but it's really pretty, I would think emotionally and just mentally, it just takes up a lot of your bandwidth. Yes. So much so much bandwidth. (laughs) So yeah, it definitely evolved from like weight loss, which is just not a niche. 
weight loss is the same as I'm a life coach. I'm a weight loss coach. It's not a niche. And it definitely evolved over the time I would say that I was doing my certification. And then through some of the post-certification track that I was in and developing when I started to work on writing an ebook, I'm like, well, what would I write that on? And that is kind of how I narrowed it down because I realized, okay, I can't just write it on general weight loss. It's too much. I can't target or focus on a person. I don't feel like there's a lot of people doing that kind of weight loss coaching. Like in that sense, it's a fabulous niche because it's very specific. A lot of weight loss coaching is like, let's embrace counting the macros and counting the calories and doing all these things. That's not for everyone, especially in in a society where it's kind of considered okay to be kind of a little bit like nutrient macro, you know, food obsessed, where that's all you think about. What a special thing. So it sort of evolved over time. Like you knew when you did the health coaching that you were probably going to go into doing weight loss stuff or like health and wellness, let's say it that way. And then as you went through and had your own experience of like, oh, wow, like it's easy to get super obsessed about this. You're like, oh, that's what I want to help. Once you helped yourself, and that's often how we figure out our niches, right? Mm -hmm. Once you had figured that out, then it was kind of a no brainer to go back and be like, okay, this is what I want to coach because further down the road and I can help people with this because I've been through it. Yeah, for sure. What advice would you have for people trying to figure out their niche? Like, I mean, this is a huge thing within, certainly within the life coach school and a lot of, you know, coaching certifications. It's like, you need a niche, you need a niche. Like what advice would you have for people? And let's talk a little bit about that. I would say it's the thing that you could talk about all day. And I think that's, (laughs) probably something that you hear a lot. But I remember early on a person that I was just kind of acquaintances with, you know, Facebook friends, we ran into each other at a wedding and she was like, I've noticed you post some things like what's going on with that. And I'm just like, (laughs) you know, I could just talk about it. It comes very natural to talk about it. Also, The other thing I think is when I coach someone like really, really in my niche, that's when I feel energized after the session. I never feel like drained or like that didn't go well. Or when they say, this is such a good weight off my chest. This is such good news. It feels different. Let me just say this with regards to the niche. Occasionally I'll have clients that want to talk about something else. I work with them for 12 weeks and sometimes they're like, I'm good on the food stuff week eight, you know, and they're like, but my husband's really driving me crazy. So, you know, we'll switch into some life coaching stuff and it's fun. And I feel like they get the help they need because I am certified there. I can work with that, but I'm like, yeah, that was good. But it's not like coming off when someone was like, oh my gosh, I went on vacation. I didn't track anything and I still lost two pounds. Like, that's amazing to me. You know, then I'm like telling all my family, I have this client that's amazing. (laughs) Well, and that's ideally in life, what you want to be doing is regardless of if you're a coach or in any area, like you want to be doing your passion. So if you get to coach people in an area where you feel lit up, like that's beneficial in multiple ways. One, because you're enjoying what you're doing. They benefit from it because you're not bored annoyed, just clocking, you know, just Mm -hmm. punching the clock. 
And in a way, I sort of feel like, you know, in an ideal world, everyone would have a job that they just absolutely love or work that they absolutely love. Maybe a little bit idealistic on my part. At least the life coaches yeah. <laughs> should. How about that? Like yeah, at least the life coaches, because sure. like, you're going to be talking to people and working with them on this topic. You're going to be studying it and writing about it and posting about it. Kind of help us. Sometimes I think the mm-hmm. social media is a little bit too much, but like, yeah. you know, you're going to be immersed in it. So as a coach, having a niche where you love what you are talking about it's like a magnet, like it draws people. There's lots of stuff I've gone through. You know, it's not like this has been my only challenge. Like I have teenage and adult children. Like I could definitely have that be as my niche, you know, something about that. Maybe when they're older. (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe when they won't be so mad that I'm like throwing them under the bus on social media. (laughs) Just kidding. I would. And that's the thing is every time I considered something like that, I'm like, oh, I don't think I could post about that. And so I knew right away that wasn't my niche because I don't know, like it's confusing to me. I'm like, how do coaches that coach on parenting, how do they post about that? Because I see them with like their teenagers, even like as part of their posts or in their reels. And I'm like, my teenagers would die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny for me, like doing both the life coaching and the therapy practice, what I have found is like at whatever age my kids are, that's typically not the age that I should be coaching or doing therapy with people. Like it just goes without saying, like now that my kids are a little bit older, like they're 11, 15, that four to five-year-old, six-year-old is just such a sweet spot. But like working with teenagers, I'm like, because I live under the same roof as one. And so, well, several, soon to be two. And so it needs to be close to home, but not so close to home that it's in your face, I think is the best way to do it. Right. Like I have stuff that I'm still working through with my coaches. And so it's not time for me for that to be my niche. You know, if it's still causing me a lot of pain, well, obviously it's my thoughts, but you know what I mean? (laughs) If I'm still feeling a lot of pain from my thoughts about that situation and I still haven't resolved that, that's not my niche. I connect with people about it. And, you know, some people that know some situational things in my life, they ask me or say, oh, I have a friend in the same situation. Could you talk to her? And that's fine, but it's not going to be my niche. Well, you have to be a little bit further down the path, right? Yeah. So let's just say, for example, if you're a coach that coaches on dating after divorce, you don't have to be, but if you're in the midst of a divorce and figuring out dating yourself, that's going to be a hard one to coach on because you're kind of, for lack of a better word, you're kind of going to be in the pool with your clients as opposed to on the side, outside saying, it's going to be okay. We'll work out and here's some strategies you can try. And even when we talk about your niche, like you had all this knowledge, but you almost had to go through the experience of being like, oh, this is too much. I need to figure out how to heal myself. And then once you're further down the path, then you can sort of help people along. But if you're in the muck, in the muck is the best word that I can come up with. And I've talked to lots of coaches about that in terms of, you know, like in general that they say the same thing. Some of the folks I've interviewed that do parenting coaching, they're like, yeah, you know, when I first started, I wasn't ready. I had to work through some stuff with one of my kiddos. And then I got to the other side and I saw how I could help other parents get through it. So it's almost like a I ran the race. I ran the marathon. Let me show you how to run the marathon, so to speak. And if it's something you love, that makes it even better because then you'd want to be looking into it. And, you know, there is some research involved, like 
reading and learning and finding out new things and being immersed in that, it's so much easier if you love what you're doing. There's a book that came out a long time ago that was called Do What You Love and the Money Will Follow. I believe that wholeheartedly. Did you know you were going to get a second certification after you got the first one? I didn't. I thought the health coaching certification was going to be the way for me, but I had been a client of one of the bigger coaches out of LCS for years before that. So I knew about the model and I thought, well, with my health coaching certification and my knowledge of the model, I should be able to coach people a little bit, but yeah, no, I couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) So when my clients were like, yeah, I definitely need to know the why and work on the thoughts. I tried to use the model and it did not go well. And using the model, by the way, if non-life coach school coaches are listening, you do need to fully credit the school and Brooke Castillo for all of that. As a certified coach, you have authorization to use it. And so I was giving her credit for that. But the fact was, I didn't know how to use it effectively with my clients. And so I just thought I didn't need it. And so I went through the first certification and then I was wrong. I was wrong about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and for folks who are not familiar with the model, the model is just basically a, it's uh, credited to Brooke Castillo and the Life Coach School. It is basically probably what I would say is one of the most ingenious forms of looking at our brains. And it's really kind of an offshoot of work by Byron Katie, but also cognitive behavioral therapy and what it talks. It's just, you spend your time looking at different elements and how they fit together. So you look, the first one is a circumstance. So what is the fact of the situation? Then what are your thoughts of the situation? Then from your thoughts come what feelings are elicited from the feelings, what actions are you taking? And from those actions, what results are you getting? And there's a whole You could spend a lot of time just learning about the specific model, that concept, that there's a whole certification that Brooke teaches at the Life Coach School about the model. And that's what a lot of the Life Coach School folks who are certified there use. And it's an ingenious model. I use it for my coaching clients. I use it for my therapy clients. I use it for my own brain. Like it's very astute. It's crazy because it works for relationships and it also works for eating. Because it's focused on just how your brain works, it works in all the situations. And I know that sounds like there's no possible way that one tool works in every situation, but surprisingly... It's a little bit like gravity. I mean, like I said, it's pretty incredible. And so what I have found is some of the most powerful coaches and most powerful coaching I've ever gotten has been with that using of the model. So when we talk, when Lisa and I talk about that, that's because it's been not only drilled into us, but it's something we use with our clients and we use it on a daily basis. And the fabulous part about it is you can use it for anything. I mean, that's part of what I use for my clients with their niche drama. Yeah. Because niche drama is, well, it's thought. A niche is neutral. A niche, your niche is just neutral. I think one of my favorite models to run is putting scale weight in the model because... My clients always think that their thought about the scale weight is the circumstance. Like I'm too heavy goes in the circumstance line. They're like, no, but the charts tell me, but it's just not true. Only the number, only the math goes in the circumstance. It's just your gravitational pull on your body at that moment in time. Oh, that's great. And then we get to look about what do we think about that? And then your thought is, 
it should be less. And then what do we do with that? And that's how we get some hold over the scale. So a lot of my clients are able to weigh themselves every day with zero drama because they're like, that's just the math. We just need the information to know if what we're doing during the day is effective. And I love when they get to that point because it's like brushing your teeth. It's no big deal. You just get on the scale. No drama about brushing your teeth or flossing, right? (laughs) No. Well, flossing. I I do have some drama about flossing. Oh my God. Definitely hate that. (laughs) I have a thought about flossing that if I don't floss all my teeth are going to fall out. So I can't. (laughs) Anyway, that's a podcast for another day. Lisa, tell people how they can work with you and where they can find you. So I'm most active on Instagram. If you're on social media, that's where you can find me. I'm well underscore with underscore Lisa. The name of my business is Well With Lisa, and that is my website, www.wellwithlisa.com. But you can find me on Instagram, and the link in my bio has all of the fun stuff, my free ebook that you can download. You can sign up for a free session with me to see, you know, we can do a food audit, see what's going on with you, and see if what I do can be helpful. And your program is a one-on-one 12-week program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I work one-on-one with my clients. We work together for 12 weeks, which is just a good length of time because you're going to go to a birthday party. You're going to go to a bridal shower. Like You're going to have some events during that time, hopefully, if, <laughs> if your area is not still in lockdown. <laughs> but you know, we have times where we go out to eat. We want to work together for enough time that you have some different situations that come up. So yeah, I find 12 weeks is a good amount of time. I usually spend a little time teaching you a new concept, a new tool each week, and then we coach on what's been going on. Awesome. And here's the other thing you need to know. There's lots of programs out there that are group and membership. What's awesome is that you get to work with Lisa one-on-one, which is not to be taken for granted because she's (laughs) fabulous. So two things. I want to thank you for your time today. It's always a treat getting to chat with you. Oh, you're so welcome. For anyone who is needing to work on health and wellness and weight loss by ditching all of the ick, go check out Lisa. If you're interested in figuring out your niche, come and take a look. I have a course called Dial Your Niche in Five Hours. It's a passive course with some support in between to answer questions with me. I love helping people with their niche. That's my passion. could talk about that all day. Thanks again, Lisa. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. And everybody, we will see you next time. Have a great week.